and welcome to another Care Home Management Magazine podcast. I'm Alan Rostad and today we're discussing something that can never be ignored in any care home, especially not over the past couple of years, and that is hygiene and infection control. As ever, this podcast is being sponsored by care home marketing experts Smooth Digital, helping fill care and nursing home beds with private paying residents. I'm delighted to welcome four contributors today to our roundtable who can give us some further insights into the latest trends in hygiene management from their various special experience and the importance this must have for care home operators, residents and staff. They are Richard Newton, who's the owner of OPEC Limited, Debbie Jones, the sales manager at Washco, Pete Hewitson, customer service manager at Smart Wellbeing, and the head of digitization at JLA, Robert Ackland. Well, thank you all for joining us. Just before we get fully underway, to give our listeners a little bit more uh, information about the four of you, perhaps in about 30 seconds or so, you'd like to introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit more about your companies. So, uh, Richard, at OPEC, would you like to lead us off, please? Thanks for the opportunity of um, coming on to this podcast. Um, OPEC is relatively new to the care home segment of the uh, healthcare sector, and it is more widely experienced as a um, a specialist consultancy in um, industry, uh, processing industry, manufacturing industries, and all about um, getting people, infrastructure, the process and machinery together to improve productivity and reduce operating costs uh, whilst optimizing quality. the opportunity to extend these services to the care home segment um, was um, introduced to us very recently. And um, for the past uh, three or four months, I've been um, attending various um, exhibitions, seminars uh, to launch our services, which I will um, um, embellish um, later on. Debbie at uh, Washco, introduce yourself, please. Washco are a um, supplier of commercial laundry equipment and service of commercial laundry equipment. Um, we supply nationwide and we work with our customers in the segments that we provide to to understand their business needs. So understandably at the moment with the care sector, it's about infection control, but also the spiral and energy costs. So working with the, the care sector closely on how we can help reduce those costs. Great. Thanks very much indeed. And uh, Robert, Robert Ackland at uh, JLA. My role at JLA is digital director. So um, I think JLA is quite an established company. We've been around almost 50 years now, um, supplying critical equipment into a number of sectors. And, you know, a a very big sector for us is care. Um, We provide predominantly laundry equipment. And again, infection control is a big thing for us in, in, in the care sector. But also we supply catering equipment, fire solutions, and also heating solutions um, into numerous sectors, including care. My role in the organization is to actually innovate digitally in these areas to make things more cost-effective for care homes and also to actually achieve better care outcomes as a result. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. And last and certainly not least, uh, Peter Hewitson uh, from Smart Wellbeing Solutions. Oh, thanks for having me along. Uh, My name's Pete. I'm from Smart Wellbeing Solutions. Uh, We're a joint venture uh, created by a training business with 16 years uh, training uh, expertise, particularly within the the health and social care sector, uh, and also um, with a filtration business who have uh, over 40 years uh, experience of purifying gases and liquids. Um, So we've got quite a a few years of expertise under our belts. We're relatively new 
into the market that we're in now, which is um, smart wellbeing solutions, uh, which is a, a range of air purifier machines. Uh, the business was formed in 2021. Um, having seen that we wanted to, to help introduce a long-term measure to infect, infection uh, prevention and control, particularly into the health and social care sector. And we feel that we can bring our joint expertise from those two established businesses into this new one of smart wellbeing solutions. And, uh, and, and as I say, introduce um, some, a long-term measure to infection prevention and control. Interesting. Okay, Pete, thanks very much indeed. Look forward to hearing a bit more of that uh, in the uh, not-too-distant future coming up. Okay, well, let's kick off uh, with uh, Richard at OPEC, because, as you say, you're a relatively newcomer to the uh, sector. Uh, I know you want to talk about reducing operating costs, optimising quality and efficiency, whilst also maintaining regulatory compliance. Now, that's a pretty fine line to have to walk, um, easy to fall off, I would imagine. So how do you go about that? Uh, it's, it's a challenge, um, <clears throat> but um, the situation is, I think, and um, uh, very dear to my heart for personal reasons. I have had uh, over the last 10 years some association with care homes um, with relatives um, who I have visited and uh, I became aware of just what the care home sector really did when it was dealing with its, let's say, its customers, um, the residents and the families of the residents. Moreover, whilst I've said I'm relatively new to uh, providing my services at OPEC to um, the care home segment, I have worked for other companies um, in recent years, one of which was a commercial laundry company. The laundries in care homes generally are of um, what we used to term the OPL. That is an area of industry that I work still very closely with, the industrial laundry sector. And that's where um, I work within the healthcare, uh, um, hospitals, uh, clinics, and uh, dental surgeries, um, etc. Um, getting back to my involvement in care homes, it, it was also embellished through another company I worked for, and that was um, a water treatment company, which provided a um, manufactured, in fact, a copper-silver ionization system for uh, controlling Legionella in water systems, in care homes, and in industry, in hospitals. And through that company, I um, I cut around quite a bit. And now that you've arrived in, in the care home sector, uh, what's been your initial reaction? What, 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 how have they approached you and what have you found out about them? Thank you, Alan. That's, that's a great question because um, I've got to be honest, it, it's been very difficult, but it always is when you're um, getting into something new and you think that you already know um, the people there. So um, what I've done is I, I, I've been around a number of um, the care shows over the last six months, obviously going to the care show in um, the NEC um, pretty soon. But to, yeah, to answer your question, it has been difficult, but I'm not giving up. I believe that um, um, there's something that I can do. And I very luckily had a, I won't name drop, but um, a care home group of four, care homes down in the West Country contacted me two or three weeks ago and asked me to come down and have a look at their premises and um, look at what they do and see how I can help them. And um, that is um, going to be a, a good opportunity, dare I say, at a case study where I can um, identify uh, with respect to IPC what we can do and um, from cost reduction uh, what we can do as well. And from what little you've seen so far, do you find... In the, in the round, care homes are generally following best practice and procedures, or are you spotting things that could be very quickly put right? It's a mix, uh, 
Alan, really is a mix. And um, that's irrespective of whether they are, let, let me say, a care home group um, with top level management and guidance um, in house, or whether they are um, a, a small um, operation. The, the one I just mentioned is, is a relatively small group, um, but managed by some very competent staff, very dedicated staff, and um, they are excellent at doing their core business, but they just haven't got time to get on and um, focus on the chore element. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, there are opportunities there. In, uh, in IPC, they're, they're pretty good um, because this is nothing new to them. But what I'm offering are some physical rather than clinical elements of um, infection prevention. and. Um, that is um, where I, I, I sort of focused on. I'm terming it essentially the basket of, um, of validated services. So um, we're, we're looking at antimicrobial fabric treatments. Um, we're looking at laundry hygiene and efficiency, uh, antimicrobial hard surface coatings, uh, Legionella control, as I previously mentioned, and uh, ozone room sanitizers. So those facilities and those functions are um, something that uh, I am providing through my partner companies. It's a very broad set of um, eggs in the basket. Perhaps we should uh, bring in Debbie here because Washco has been around for quite a while, I know. Uh, Debbie, uh, are you noticing much change uh, over the last year or so in the way that uh, care homes approach you and what they're looking for? Uh, yes, Alan. Um, um, Richard made some really valid points there. I think um, obviously the care home sector have just come out of the pandemic. I think at the moment they are struggling with probably two costs, energy costs rising and labour, labour costs, and also, you know, the lack of labour that's available on the marketplace. So, um, you know, from my point of view, going out to see care homes and, and getting in to see the right people has been very difficult because they have got these other areas that they're concentrating on. Um, to be honest, I think a lot of people are, are really worried about the energy costs. So we're coming into the winter again. Um, obviously, COVID is still about, but we've also got, you know, um, the diff norovirus, uh, the flu bug coming back in. So I think infection control now has to be on top of the agenda. And it's how we can support these care homes with um, knowledge, understanding, helping them reduce their costs if we possibly can do in any way by looking at what they've got. I mean, Washco only do laundry equipment and that's where we specialise in. So from a consultation point of view, we'll go in, we'll look at the laundry, look at how we can help them, how we can resolve some issues. And it may be just a simple training plan that needs to be in place for staff to say, you know, this is what you are doing, this is how you can do it better. It may be looking at their existing energy costs and utility costs and going, right, how can we reduce that? Also, obviously, looking at the equipment, making sure the right equipment is specified. If they've had something that's in, been in quite some time, is how can they improve that if they're looking to replace? And obviously, heat, you know, a source of energy for... Yes. Save money by going over to any uh, heat pump pump dryers, uh, other ways that we can look at the process, but also making sure that, you know, mainly that they are compliant. So we would go in, look at the equipment, look at the documentary evidence that they need, look at their process, make sure they've got appropriate PPE, look at, you know, the, how they store the linen and um, obviously uh, the area that's actually on the laundry, making sure they've got the right flow and the segregation between dirty and clean. Yeah, it's not just all about the equipment, it's about the whole process. The whole, yes, quite. Uh, and Robert, from a digitisation point of view, which is what you're in charge of at JLA, uh, uh, do you find that um, this is part and parcel of what you're being asked to look at as well these days? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're seeing the same sentiment being echoed. Cost and labour are really important, as are infection control. And the way we're looking at it at JLA is you know, there's some quite basic problems to solve. We need to give 
more time back to care homes um, so that they can focus on the most important thing, which is actually caring for the residents in that home, looking after the families. And so the way we're looking at this is automating as much as possible and bringing in things like, so uh, the sort of core part of our proposition is we're adding telemetry to the vast majority of our machines now. And we can very quickly see whether, for example, um, cycles are compliant uh, from an infection standpoint, and we can give that feedback um, to the organizations. But equally, we can use the information we're getting back to help the care homes perform better, both in terms of the machines they have, from the energy they're using, whether there's better solutions. So for example, one of the key products that's becoming very popular right now is our Otex product for infection control. So we can very quickly, when we're looking at how care homes are using their machines, say, actually, you would save money by buying an Otex device, which uses ozone to disinfect at much lower temperatures. So we can make some very solid recommendations based on the data we're getting back and, and, and save a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of costs for these care homes. The, the, the other thing that, that we're doing is trying to put as much of our services online as possible as well. Um, what we're finding is, you know, with the labour shortages, care homes are needing much more flexibility in when they do things and how they interact with businesses in general. So when we sort of put a total care asset in to a care home, whether that's in the kitchen, whether that's in the laundry, or whether it's uh, one of our other sort of fire and heat solutions, the whole account will be serviced online. So if, if, if that customer needs help, they can contact us when they want using the medium they, that, that's, that's, that's best for them. And so we're trying to really simplify the way in which you know a lot of this essential equipment is used the recommendations we can make, and then how people actually just work with JLA on a day-to-day basis to make things just as easy as possible. Yes, that makes sense, I'm sure. And Peter Hewittson at, uh, at Smart Wellbeing, you deal with machines, obviously, in, in, in air, but do the same principles apply to you? Jumping on the back of, of what Richard was saying in terms of what we're offering, we're, we're also offering physical solutions uh, towards the infection prevention and control side of things where our air purifiers will act pretty much like a almost like a, a large face mask, so to speak, around the care homes where they'll physically remove pollutants from the air. Well, that's an important... We'll come back onto that, of course, in, in, in due course. It is a very important element. And coming just finally to, to, to round up with your subject, Richard, and, and how you're finding these first steps into the wonderful world of care homes, uh, if you could look ahead to a year from now, do you imagine that you will have been able to, well, certainly save care homes a fair few, Bob, who uh, who call you up and, and want some help? Yes, uh, I'm an optimistic chap. And um, yeah, uh, despite the latest um, issue of generosity from um, the government, the costs um, of all elements, uh, energy obviously hits the, the headlines. But um, as somebody mentioned earlier on, labour uh, availability and I hate to use the term labour, but staff availability, expertise availability is um, is at a premium and um, staff retention is a real problem. But no, for the future, I, um, I, I, I'm looking at some, uh, some variables, really. And uh, one thing I was quite excited about was the interest that um, a number of care homes, small and large groups, have in um, waving the banner of um, uh, their energy utilisation, their sustainability, um, yes. carbon footprinting, the net zero strategy and sustainability are all marvellous buzzwords these days, but they do add up. 
to um, a message uh, that uh, the care homes can give to, as I mentioned earlier on, their residents and the families of residents. So when it comes to choosing a care home, those people who, let's face it, are paying a lot of money um, to uh, take up residence. And they get a lot of good value from that money, of course. But um, apart from being, well, obviously the location being primary in terms of um, which one you choose, uh, I think the ability for a care home to wave the flag in all the elements of IPC, uh, energy control, and um, yeah, sustainability is um, is something that can be um, very useful. Well, we wish you well with that, and I'm sure um, oh, thank, I'm sure you've got you. interesting days ahead. Let's move on to Debbie, if we may, because Debbie and Washko, well, Washko have been around an awful long time, and I know that uh, controlling costs and being compliant are very much uh, what you have to deal with at, at Washko, and that presents presumably means continuing to develop the kind of products that you do. Uh, how, how quickly are these developing now to, to ensure that, uh, you know, things like water, temperatures, uh, detergents, all these sort of things uh, can be used much more effectively? Uh, very good question, Alan. And a little bit like Richard said, I think um, nowadays a lot of things are going on to the IoT, onto the cloud. So connectivity is what we're looking at. So we have machines that have done for the past six, seven years that are connected um, direct online um, we can look at the machines we can have a look at whether they're compliant we can have a look at how much water they use each day we can have a look at what wash cycles they've done so there's a complete audit traceability and i think for care homes to understand uh, about costs and energy costs they need to understand what the laundry is actually costing them at the moment and the only way to do that is by um, an audit trail so we're actually a step ahead by saying at the moment this is what your laundry is costing you there's not a lot of care homes out there that would know and also whether they are compliant. You know, they know the laundry's there. They know they've got the right programs on. But are they using the right programs? Owners possibly don't know because there's no traceability. So the systems that are now in place, you can actually see what the care homes are doing and you can control that a lot better. Now, once you've got an idea of the amount of operating hours in your laundry, what type of wash cycles, then you can work to reduce that. And how uh, quickly do you get onto that? Because do they have to come to you and say, here it is, what can we do better? Or do, or do you have somebody at head headquarters watching this in, in real time almost and saying we have, what you could yeah, do this we or that? People. We have people watching it in real time. So if there's a, a fault or there's a possibility that there's going to be a fault with the machine, it will actually notify us. So the care home actually don't have to make the call to the engineer or to our service department. We get alerted before they do. So sometimes it can actually eliminate a problem before we're there. We know if there's three or four machines down that it may be something to do with the services, like the gas has been switched off. So we're alerted to that possibly before the care home are even aware of it. So we can ring them, get maintenance and say, this is what's happened. We can see that already on the screen. So it really reduces that downtime. So the connectivity is, you know, is, is a way forward. Um, and this, technology is changing, yeah. And also, you can, you know, it's available in many languages as well. So we have a, a little touchpad on the front of the machine. Uh, very, very easy to operate. Very easy to understand. Uh, I was going to say because technology is improving all the time. Do you have problems? trying to convince care home owners that they need to change the equipment every now and then. They, there's probably a temptation to say, well, this, this machine has served us well for many, many years. We'll stick with it. Thanks very much. Uh, you, you're absolutely right there as well, Alan. Uh, we've got a lot of care homes that go, yes, it's worked, and we're quite happy with what we've got. Once they understand the cost savings and how they can control what they do with the laundry and the traceability um, and return on investment is you know, obviously what they need to look for. Um, and once you can prove that, yes, you can do that, and this is the way forward, things are changing all the time, legislation's changing, this future proves your business. Uh, we've also had a lot of commercial laundries go down this route. So 
you know, it's very important in the commercial laundry of how much water they're using, how much detergent they're using. So this also controls that. That's interesting. And Robert, but from a digitization point of view, I would imagine uh, care homeowners are always a little bit shy and a bit wary when everybody says it suddenly wants to put things in the cloud and what have you, rather than on uh, dear old pen and paper. Uh, are you finding this sort of thing as well that you have to break through a bit of a a bit of a cloud yourself to get to get people to fully trust in what you're offering? No, not not so much anymore. And I think that there has been a sort of uh, a sea change in in sort of attitudes, particularly, you know. There's there's sort of push for, for digitization from a number of areas. Uh, you know, you've got the CQC starting to digitize, the government pushing the digitization agenda. So it's coming from a number of angles. And so I think people are much more receptive. I think now as well, we've talked about a lot of the factors that are driving people to look at efficiencies. And I think the care sector is beginning to realize that these things are important and, and can ultimately help. And, you know, it's great that we've got people like Richard going in as independents and, and sort of dr- driving that sort of agenda in as well, which is which is which is very, very helpful. I think the other thing that we're doing from from JLA standpoint is we're just making this part of our standard package because this huge value, irrespective of whether somebody wants to sort of pour over their own care homes data or get too involved operationally, as, as, as uh, Debbie has quite rightly pointed out, we can just make our service so much better. I mean, JLA's whole brand promises that we'll take care of it. And, you know, if, if we can reduce machine downtimes on critical equipment, that's incredibly helpful to, to any care home. So it's just part of what we do. And so it's part of our standard proposition. If somebody buys a total care machine from us, which, you know, is, is a it's a sort of low capital outlay package, monthly cost. You know, we look after everything to that asset. If we can improve our SLAs on that through digitization, we're going to do that for our customers. And Pete, the whole subject of air quality, I don't remember air quality being much discussed in care homes before uh, the, the the pandemic struck. People just used to open windows. I would imagine the world has changed dramatically as far as you're concerned there then. That's absolutely right, Alan. I think it's, it's obviously it's the lessons that we've learned through COVID. I mean, um, ventilation has always been kind of part of the infection prevention and control protocols within care homes. Uh, and historically, I think, well, traditionally, it's been more about surface contact to infection uh, prevention control in care homes. So, you know, things like gloves, aprons, cleaning down surfaces. Within our training side of the ownership of the business, we teach a lot of infection prevention control courses. And one of the key emphases on infection control training is good hand washing. So, as I say, the whole ethos behind it so far up until COVID has been the focus has been on surface contact. Whereas now, uh, because of COVID, pretty much everyone has got a much heightened awareness that um, that airborne is a, a, a true method of a transmission of, of viruses and illness. Uh, and I think that now that the air purification, air filtration has to be a key part of, of infection prevention control in the long term uh, within care homes. I mean, obviously, we've seen as well that masks have been used for quite a while in care homes. Uh, but in terms of the wider population across the country, we've all seen ourselves personally uh, that the use of face masks has helped to minimise your risk uh, of catching COVID and spreading COVID uh, out there. And I think if you use that kind of uh, analogy, if you look at 
air purifier machines, they are like a huge face mask, basically, around a care home. Uh, they'll sit in the corner. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be unobtrusive. You can switch them on, set them to automatic, uh, and they'll do their job in the corner. And, and they have a great visual aspect. Just like if you're wearing a face mask, we're not saying that you shouldn't be wearing face masks. It's, we're saying that air purifiers will play a great contribution towards your, your entire infection prevention control measures within the care home. And Richard, as, as the newcomer here, I would imagine the word pandemic and, and things like air quality, uh, you're finding is, is coming fairly new onto your desk, isn't it? Because I, I, I bet when you walked into this business, perhaps you weren't expecting quite so much importance of things like that. That's, that's a good point, certainly. And um, the answer, I'm afraid, is no, uh, very much in terms of transport and um, industrial and commercial buildings, um, uh, commercial buildings primarily, I suppose. Uh, even despite the pandemic, I was still out and about for the whole two, two and a half years and um, going into various buildings. And one of the key areas that they were focusing on, and um, this is through um, SIPSI, the Chartered Institute of Building Services Engineers that I'm a member of, and, and SOFIE, the Society for Public Health Engineers. Uh, they, um, along with BISRIA, um, govern you know, what standards should, in fact, be um, implemented within buildings to make um, a building a safe and healthy building. And they, they adopted that phrase. And um, it's water distribution, water hygiene. I mentioned uh, Legionella control that is absolutely um, uh, governed by strong legislation, health and safety executive um, uh, um, govern um, that requirement. And um, it, it is policed. And uh, I think... Um, Peter, um, in terms of air quality, whilst we have some reference to air quality um, regarding transport emissions and pollution, um, uh, there's not one necessarily in terms of a legislative um, document or regulatory document that uh, currently governs buildings. Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, I think that would be a great thing for um, your industry to promote um, that, yes, you are providing um, a massive facility there to, as you say, put a face mask around a care home or any office or any building. And um, Absolutely. I, I think it's going to be essential that um, some form of regulatory um, uh, yeah, approved code of practice it, it, it should be uh, should be implemented for that. That's interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the years ahead. We'll keep an eye out for that, certainly at Care Home Management. And, and uh, just to finish this section, Debbie, compliance is always important. Controlling costs is also important. Do you think care homes at the moment, now that they're recovering from the pandemic, are, are fully able now to concentrate on this a little bit more? I don't. I don't mean they weren't concentrating on it before, but but when you had all the, the sort of all hands to the pump over the pandemic, now they can take a bit of a breath and look at this in, in the round a bit better. I, I sincerely hope so, Alan. Um, you know they've had a tough time. Uh, still having a tough time with rising energy costs. Uh, obviously, care homes got to be kept. At a certain temperature, uh, energy costs there are going to be really difficult for them to control. And again, you know, uh, recruitment is, is also tough. So um, hopefully they'll get through the winter. It won't be as painful. Um, so uh, pandemic over. I'm sure here at the Care Home Management Podcast will be looking at costs, uh, especially. I mean, heating is uh, whatever help they're given. I'm sure it's not going to be cheaper this year than it was last year. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> Most definitely not, no. Um, obviously, the care show is coming up on the 12th and 13th of October. So anybody that wants to come along and we can help out, we can come and look at your laundry and help and, and advise. Certainly, um, you know, we'll be there. We'll be welcoming you on onto the stand. 
You're listening to the Care Home Management Magazine podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Smooth Digital. My name is Toby Ali Osman. I'm the founder of Smooth Digital, the UK's leading care sector marketing agency. We support care home operators with their marketing so they can reach more self-paying families searching for care and fill their beds. We work with providers to create and implement a robust digital marketing strategy to modernize their marketing, increase inbound leads, build back their occupancy and future-proof their business. Head over to Google and type in Smooth Digital to book a free discovery call and find out if there's any way we can help you. Let's look at another area of all this, and that's digitization of critical assets, which uh, Robert at uh, JLA can uh, talk to us about. Uh, Robert, digitization of critical assets. How do we define a digital asset? Is there is there a sort of batting order in which we should look at this, or, or do we regard most things as critical assets? So the, the way that we look at critical assets are, the, are the things that you know, if they go wrong, you need them to be back up and running exceptionally quickly. Otherwise, things start to unravel quite quickly. You know, care outcomes start to decline. Really good example, you know, we've, we've been talking about laundry a lot. But if, if the laundry is out of action or even partially out of action for a, even a short period of time, you can get into quite a difficult situation operationally, but also from sort of an infection control perspective in terms of sort of handling and, and, and where things are being stored. So, Equally, you know, you have some safety critical systems, fire, you have systems like heating. We've already mentioned care homes need to be at a certain temperature if the heating's out, if the hot water's out. It's a substantial issue. So these are the sort of critical assets we're talking about. Again, catering equipment, you know, if if, if you've got on-site catering um, and you're you're not able to uh, provision meals, that is a a major problem when operating a care care home. The idea behind digitizing all this is, is, is to ensure that the uptime of these is actually maximized and that the the headache of looking after this equipment which whilst critical everyone would rather be focusing on the residents of the home ensuring that the care is of the highest quality so these are things that people just want to work and so in digitizing them we're we're ensuring that you know we give them the best chance of being operational 24 7 when you need them so um we've already sort of talked about sort of connecting assets one thing that we um, are also doing is, is retrofitting existing assets so if people don't want new equipment or if you know capital outlay is an issue we have we have solutions there but we're trying to connect as much as possible because we see a huge benefit in this digitization and as i mentioned we're monitoring the equipment particularly on our total care contracts where we we sign up to specific SLAs to get stuff stuff back up and running. We monitor this um, on an ongoing basis. We have real-time alerts coming up, so these get dealt with. If we know an engineer is going to be required, we get those scheduled and sent out immediately. We're sort of seeing things like way above 90% of these issues. We see them well before the customer sees them. So in terms of sort of improving that experience, it's, it's, it's really very beneficial. The other side of this is through digitization, we get a huge amount of insight that we can then share with those customers, both in terms of how they can improve the operation of their equipment, be it a laundry or be it a kitchen, both from a 
you know, is it the right equipment? Have you subscribed to the right detergents? Could OTEX help you? Could you save costs? Are there behavioral things that need to be addressed? So, for example, you know, are the staff in the laundry room turning off equipment before an infection control cycle is complete? We, we can get all that insight and we can feed that back. So we can really help care homes become much more effective at what they do and, and comply far better. I think the the sort of the third aspect of this, which again is sort of a next level of, of being ex- extremely helpful, is we can document things like infection control compliance in a laundry, so that when it when it comes to sort of audit time, everything is just there. There aren't any manual processes around it, and we can notify management if there are issues. So we can start doing some really useful stuff, some clever stuff, but I think. Ultimately, things that mean that the staff in the care home can focus on the core jobs to be done and not fretting about recording lots of information and, and sort of the, the, the busy tasks that you know a computer can ultimately take away from them. Yes, and when when a, a client comes to you, what is perhaps a bit of an unfair question this, but to ask what, what's top of their list? Is it saving time and money, or is it better care outcomes? Do you think? You know, I, I think. All care homes are focused on better care outcomes. I mean, that that has got to be the key thing. Um, But I think a a very close second right now in the current environment is cost. Um, And and we've we've sort of addressed the two two major points earlier. Energy is, is one, and we can get insights that can help them save energy. And we can recommend different equipment to improve their energy consumption for their particular situation. The other one is people. It, it's difficult to get people. And it's difficult to get people to, to do jobs cost effectively. And there's also quite sort of high churn in the care sector as well. So if you can automate compliance, as staff churn out, you're less reliant on tacit knowledge. And so you can maintain those compliance levels with, with staff cycling through. Um, but equally, <clears throat> you can keep the staff that you do have focused on the most important things, which are the care outcomes. That's good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm widening this out. Pete, I should imagine with, with air purifying, cost of energy must be something that care homeowners uh, talk to you about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the, the air purifiers themselves are low energy devices anyway. Uh, and if anyone wants to see the, the energy consumption figures, they're available on the on the tech sheets uh, on our website. But also, in real terms, in as, as De- Debbie suggested earlier on, we're coming into the, the uh, traditional winter bug season, so to speak. So what flu, norovirus, and obviously indeed COVID is still out there. Uh, traditionally, uh, part of the infection prevention control measures within care homes is to ventilate. So traditionally open the windows. Uh, as we all know, though, within care settings, uh, the homes need to maintain a very warm temperature in there for the comfort and well-being of the residents in there uh, so to put the two together we obviously nobody knows what the, the, the weather's going to be like yet in the long-term forecast for for the winter but one would suspect it's going to be a cold winter this this year so if you have the winter the windows open um, you're going to be burning lots and lots of energy trying to keep home heated and it's going to go straight out the window whereas there is a cost saving benefit to be had with an air purifier um, because you've you've got um, that protection so to speak of the purifier physically removing pollutants from the air so you won't need to have as many windows open if, if at all any um, in the building and that will, will 
really help you to uh, maintain um, and keep control of those costs, certainly as we all feel the pinch of the, the high energy costs, certainly through the winter season. Indeed, and I'm sure, Richard, that uh, your clients will be coming to you as well to try and balance that, uh, that, that the correct procedures of hygiene management together with controlling costs. Absolutely, Alan, yes. Yeah, I, all those points that um, uh, Debbie, Robert and Peter have mentioned, uh, they, they come together. It's this one great big package, isn't it, that... Um, um, you've got to do things that ultimately cost money, and it's a question of doing them more carefully, more efficiently. And um, and the care homes, as we've said before, they've got their core business of um, nursing and looking after the residents. And um, no disrespect, but um, they need to reach out to um, suppliers and consultants, if I can wave the flag, to give them that independent advice and um, satisfaction that um, will enable them to... Uh, Stay in business um, because um, it's a horrible thought. But um, unfortunately, a number of care homes have had to shut down uh, for varying reasons. And um, the primary ones have, of course, been um, staff retention, staff availability and um, uh, and, and operating costs. Yes, it's not going to get better anytime soon on that front, I'm sure. And Debbie, uh, to to wrap all this up, I I think I'm sure when you're advising a client on a new piece of machinery that they need, I bet energy costs uh, come very high up in the the questions (laughs) that they ask you. Uh, Most definitely they do, yeah. It's all about uh, how can we reduce the energy costs? What can we look at as alternatives to what we have existing? Um, and what can you offer? So, yeah, most definitely is. That's good. And Robert, just finally on this one, that um, did you feel that care homeowners now have, have really grasped digitisation? I know there's everybody says there's been a slow take up over the most, most recent years, but uh, are they now on board with all that you're trying to say? You're not having to sell the digitisation so much as sell how it is best used. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it is still a mixed bag out there, but I think that, as I said, there, there is a change in sentiment. Uh, I'd say w- what we're seeing is that th- the larger groups are obviously embracing this much more rapidly than, than the smaller groups in the market, but we're still seeing pull across the sector. So um, I, I think, yeah, we, we have seen a sort of important inflection, which I think we'll see reflected outside the critical equipment arena as well in things like CMSs and, and adoption in that sector as well. Interesting. Okay, well, thank you for that. Let's move on to Pete's subject now, because we're looking here at uh, air quality, which uh, up to now we've kind of looked more at laundry or various other things. But air quality has only really come into force or into public prominence as a result of, of the pandemic, Pete. Do you, do you, are you now bashing away at an open door, whereas before COVID, I would imagine you, you might not have even considered going down that route. Yeah, I mean, certainly, Alan, I mean, prior to COVID, I mean, air purifiers have existed for a long time. Um, If you look uh, to the Asia market, uh, face masks have been used for a long, long time in the general population, uh, and they've adopted air purifiers as part of their day-to-day life over in Asia as well. And I think COVID has really helped us to see the benefits of both face masks and air purifiers. And certainly, you know, the, the whole um, mode of transmission, airborne viruses, that's really come into people's mindsets now because we've all been affected by it in some way, either personally or through someone else that we know um, with, with, with catching COVID and obviously becoming ill from COVID. And I think um, in terms of the, the, the care sector, certainly uh, the focus 
up until now has been more on the surface transmission side of things, I feel. Um, and I think now learning the lessons from COVID and looking at what we can do in the future, I do think that uh, that, that air um, quality really does need to play a, a much larger part in the whole um, infection prevention and control uh, discussion and consideration uh, within the care sector. And how much does the environment of a care home matter to you? Because a lot of our care homes are are pretty old buildings. Um, They may not be uh, the best at sort of uh, creating airflows around the building. Do you find uh, you'd rather work, I'm sure, in the most modern, up-to-date care homes, but that that there's still a place for what you've got to offer, especially in the older care home? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, we offer a range of air purifier machines. They're all portable to start with anyway, so they can be placed wherever you need them to be. Um, we offer a range of five different air purifier machines to start with. Uh, the smallest is kind of more for personal use. You can perhaps put it in a residence bedroom and so on. And very, very, very small can sit on a bedside unit um, right up to the largest unit we do, which is quite a large box. It's on casters, so you can easily move it around. It doesn't weigh much anyway, but you can still transport it around the home quite easily. Uh, and that will be for your much larger sort of communal spaces, really, in terms of like a, a wider a building area. Um, so the purifiers themselves are, are feature rich. Uh, I mean, the, the top specification model we have has seven different stages of purification on there. So you've got the coarse screen on there, which uh, is reusable, removes general debris. You've got a cold catalyst, which converts harmful pollutants, things like benzene, formaldehyde and that kind of stuff. Um, You've got an activated carbon filter, which removes those pollutants. Um, You've got an antibacterial cotton filter, which captures and destroys bacteria. Uh, You've got HEPA-13, which is a high efficiency filter that takes out very, very small particles, obviously including the viruses. Uh, You've got UV sterilisation on there. And you've also got an anion release on there. So there's quite a lot of features contained within these purifiers. And as I say, those will be absolutely perfect for use around care homes, no matter whether the building's brand new or very old. And no matter what the size of the building, there will be a solution for any care home out there from our range. And, and of course, presumably from the care home owner's point of view, this is another cost, one that they probably didn't anticipate a year or two ago. Are you having to sell the sell it as in, in a way that it's vital that they should have this, or are they still bulking a bit at uh, an extra cost that they're going to have to meet? It is another cost, and as, as we've all said in this conversation up until now, that you know costs are in the forefront of everyone's minds, and I think they always will be. There are certain benefits uh, of cost savings from using air purifier machines. As I suggested earlier on anyway, they are low energy uh, to start with. Uh, but you've also got the um, you've got the the energy reduction savings, which, as we've suggested, is you know close. If you've got your windows open, you've got your heating on constantly, you're just literally heating the air outside the building with the windows open. So you've got that as one of the key um, cost savings there to start with. Secondly, you've got to look at the people side of things. If a resident gets sick, it's going to cost that care home much, much more to care for that resident. They're going to have to put them in isolation. Um, if they catch COVID or norovirus or whatever it is they, they've contracted, they typically will go into isolation for a, a several days. And now they will need one-to-one care for people to go in there and to look after them in their own rooms rather than them being a communal part of the home for some time. So that has an additional cost um, in staffing. But also, if a staff member gets sick, as we've all suggested recently as well in this conversation, in in that staffing levels are a huge problem across the care sector at the moment. And there's a huge turnover of staff, but there's also a huge shortage of staff. 
the problem is if you if a staff member gets sick that has an that exacerbates the problem within the care sector so typically if a staff member gets sick you would typically the home manager would typically or the homeowner would typically go out to uh, an agency to, to to plug that gap so to speak until that staff member becomes fit and, and well to, to come back to work and we all know obviously that uh, in the care sector that if you're bringing in agency staff beyond your normal employed staff that has a much higher cost uh, for the staff wages than if you were to deploy them to employ them uh, directly so there are huge um, cost savings which perhaps the care homes don't necessarily see straight away and we we obviously we aim to to educate them in the fact that there are just cost savings there not just the cost of of running the unit but i think the cost savings far outweigh the cost of actually running the units in the background and, and richard i would imagine uh, as a newcomer to the, the sector um air quality that that's going to have to come under your uh, canopy of uh, of offerings as well doesn't it it, it certainly will and uh, peter if i may um uh, contact you after this podcast and um, perhaps we can share um, some experiences and uh, uh, synergy of um, what I do and um, what you can provide. Oh, that's uh, that's excellent. We're putting people together, courtesy of Care Home Management Podcast. That's great. And Debbie, I know air quality perhaps. I would imagine air quality in the laundry where where the the material is being washed and coming out clean. That must be important to you as well. Yeah, it's very important, I think. Um, And obviously making sure you get that divide between the the dirty section of the, the laundry and the clean section. So you've got segregation between the two and obviously appropriate PPE within the laundry room. Um, but yes, certainly the need for Peter's products in the in the laundry as well. Yeah, and, and Robert, I, I guess with, with you too on the, uh, as generally on digitisation, air quality throughout a home would, would would come under your remit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, actually, JLA also do provide um, ozone air pur- purification as well. So there's, there's a few of us in this in, in this game. Um, but I think the, the other interesting application for us of, of uh, ozone purification is actually in the laundry itself. So I, I mentioned earlier our OTEX product, which actually uses the same techniques, but within the wash. And again, there are significant energy savings to be achieved there because ozone is such an effective disinfectant. Uh, the disinfectant properties are so good. And we have, um, you know, uh, we can do uh, infection control validated washes, um, injecting ozone, and these can be done at exceptionally low temperatures. So very similar to the uh, idea that, you know, we can keep the windows closed and run an air purifier. We can run a wash cold and actually use ozone to do that. And we can actually monitor that digitally as well. Um, So just to bring the digital element in there, so um, whether it's a thermal wash, a uh, chemical wash or a, an ozone-based wash, we can uh, track and monitor the validation of that wash and whether it was compliant. And that's all we have time for today. My thanks to Richard Newton at OPEC, Debbie Jones at Washco, Pete Hewitson of Smart Wellbeing, and Robert Ackland at JLA. You've been listening to the Care Home Management Magazine podcast on infection and hygiene, sponsored by Smooth Digital helping to fill care and nursing home beds with private paying residents. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today. We've got more podcasts lined up for you in the weeks ahead. So do stay safe and it's goodbye for now.